Where do you listen to your podcasts? At home or on the go? Subscribe now to Talking Away with Greg Haynes on your favourite platform. You'd be doing me a favour if you did. Hello there, this is the Motorbike Racing Show. Welcome along. It's Thursday, the 8th of February, 2024. There is so much to get through, as there always is, with news from America, from Britain, from World Superbikes, from MotoGP. And we start then with MotoGP, because everybody's made progress this week at the Sepang Test, but it's that proverbial moving goalpost, as always, thanks to the Bologna Bullet. Straight in there, 156 lap times at the Sepang International Circuit for the first time ever for Pekka. Bagnaia, Jorge Martin, Enea Bastianini and Alex Marquez. All of them, of course, on Ducati motorcycles with Mark Marquez in sixth place. Here's the latest from Peko Bagnaia. I was a really good lap, lap time. Uh, arrived in the first time attack and uh, was was great. Uh, I'm happy for, uh, for the lap time, but honestly, uh, it's just a test and uh, the condition today was uh, incredible this morning uh, and this afternoon too was have increased again. Uh, so I'm very happy. Uh, more for the work we did, uh, we finished the schedule of all the, the 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 things to try. And overall, the new bike is uh, is working very well. So uh, very happy for the braking uh, because I think have a, a is a big step compared to 23. But uh, we still have some margin on the power delivery and, uh, and the power on the straight. So uh, we will work, we will continue like this and uh, uh, we will try to do another step in front in, uh, in Qatar. And that's very ominous for everybody else. I'm sure you will agree if there is still more to come from Ducati. The factory team were trying out a different exhaust. We also saw Martin with the Pramac bike. Remember, that's a GP24 as well. He was back-to-backing that with the GP23. Particularly quick in a sprint simulation was Alex Marquez. Seven of the 10 laps that he did were quicker than when he won the sprint at Sepang last year. And Mark Marquez's brother on a Ducati, of course, this year, having switched from Honda after breaking the last year of of his contract, he's done his first ever simulation of a sprint on a Ducati motorcycle. In Valencia, it's true that it was a bit easier, but he, as I expect, was uh, harder to to understand, especially because the circuit, one of the worst circuits in uh, in my uh, in the calendar for me, uh, for some reason, always I has has been uh, slow and uh, in this in this circuit. But uh, apart of that, uh, the progression was good during the the weekend. Already yesterday, the pace was not bad. Uh, I did the long, the long, long run, sprint race simulation, then laps. Uh, today, the most positive thing is that I was able to understand a bit better how to take profit from the new tire, and on that time attack, I was able to be faster in the both tires. Uh, so this also was important. Still mm, far from uh, the top guys uh, because uh, half second is a lot, but uh, but not bad. Uh, Apart of that, uh, I did another uh, sprint simulation that uh, has been good uh, but you know you need to understand uh, the time you did uh, the time the others did for example some riders uh, they did with a lot of uh, track temperature that uh, means that you are slower another riders did at uh, at 11 30 12 another riders at uh, at 5 so so yeah uh, but the most important for me is that uh, the the feeling was good 
Those famous words then from motorcycle racers, step by step. We've heard that so many times before, haven't we? Over at Aprilia, it was Maverick Vinales running on a 2023 tail cowling with the bike there. Plus a new rear wing at one point over the top of it. Pedro Acosta was ninth for Gas Gas. Watch out for him. He actually did a faster sprint simulation, according to MotoGP.com, than Banyaya did. And on day two, did a lap that would have put him fifth on the grid for the event there last year. Alicia Spargaro was particularly impressed with Pedro Acosta, the Moto2 world champion. Pedro's talent is uh, he's amazing. I mean, uh, since he arrived in the championship, uh, he's doing uh, extraordinary things. It's just his third time here in Sepang, his uh, second time in the MotoGP. Obviously, he's been riding uh, a lot of days. But anyway, when, when you see him on track, I was riding with him a couple of, a couple of laps today. And when you see him riding, the, the lines he's taking is not the rookie lines. It's unbelievable how, how fast he learns. So obviously it's going to be um, uh, one to, to watch during the season. It's so Mark Marquez-esque, isn't it, from what we saw from Mark at the end of 2012 in Moto2 before he went into MotoGP and, of course, famously won the championship on his very first attempt in 2013. That was Alicia Spargro then. Uh, in terms of Alicia himself, he was the only rider to do a sprint simulation on used tyres. As he said, he didn't have any new ones left. He ended that run on a 58.4, and that was almost as good as his qualifying lap last season. That was on Thursday. It was a three-day Sepang test. It was Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. KTM then, Jack Miller was the quickest of those in seventh place, testing new aero components against older ones. They seem to have elected for a shorter lower exhaust and a normal top exhaust. That also has come from MotoGP.com. Day two, Brad Binder used the new exhaust that Miller had used the day before that. Over at Honda, Joan Mir was 1.1 seconds quicker than his qualifying lap last year. But he has insisted on an aerodynamic improvement. Mir, of course, the 2020 world champion. He's partnered with Luca Marini this year, who comes across from VR46 Ducati. Both Mir and Marini using a new Honda swing arm, which they seem to prefer over the other one, which is a Calex version. Yamaha, Fabio Quartararo, quite simply needing extra pace on single laps. Of course, qualifying is so important now with the race format and particularly with a sprint to contend with as well. He and Alex Rins, his new teammates, have been trying out different tail units on the bike and they also both ran without the side pods on their Yamahas on day two. Cal Crutch, though, was there as well, the test rider, and ran the old tail unit on both of his bikes. So the question is... What will they do ultimately? The Qatar test is up next, and that's a two-day test for MotoGP on the 19th and 20th of February. So that's the week after next, but here's the rest of the news. Tributes have streamed in for Gary Taylor, who died on Tuesday last week at the age of 74. He was most famous as the Suzuki team manager and remains the last British team manager in motorcycle Grand Prix racing. He was also instrumental in the careers of many a British motorcycle racer, including Rob McElnay and Neil McKenzie, as well as Australia's Paul Lewis. Davide Brivio is back in MotoGP as the team principal of the new Trackhouse racing squad. Trackhouse, of course, already a huge concern in the world of NASCAR in America. Brivio is alongside Wilco Zielenberg, who's team manager. Davide, of course, having just come back from working with Alpine in Formula One. Jack Miller, well, he's revealed that he broke his scaphoid in a motocross accident before Christmas. Not the only one in the wars. Franco Morbidelli has missed Sepang and 
and the upcoming test in Qatar after being knocked unconscious in what sounded like a really scary accident at Portimao, where he was assisted at the side of the track by the two Marquez brothers. Mark Marquez saying, Alex and I saw the red flag and we were the first to arrive between turns eight and nine. And that incidentally is that rise over the top of the hill. We saw Franco was unconscious in the runoff area in a strange position with his head facing upwards. We stopped, left our bikes on the ground and ran to Franco. If you're unconscious and facing upwards, it's dangerous because you can't breathe properly. We put him on his side, opened his leathers and opened his helmet. Once the medical staff arrived, we rode back around to the garages. Raul Fernandez also in trouble. He only took part in day one at Sepang, had a crash at turn 11. The Trackhouse racing rider high-sided on any his fourth lap and apparently the Aprilia then caught fire as well in the aftermath. Elsewhere, the first FIM Medical Summit will take place in Lyon, France next week. That's the 18th of February. It's mandatory for the MotoGP and World Superbike Medical Officers to attend and also open to the Chief Medical Officers and Promoters of other FIM Championship Series. More than 100 participants from all sorts of different disciplines are set to attend. As I'm sure you know by now, the Argentinian Grand Prix has been cancelled due to the ongoing political situation over there. So that's both World Superbikes and MotoGP now that have lost their Argentinian events this year. Mark Marquez and Jorge Martin are threatening Enea Bastianini's factory Ducati ride, apparently. The Beast, that's Bastianini, told Marker in Spain. There's no point talking about that right now. I hope it will be Enea Bastianini on the bike, but it's too soon to say. Right, World Superbikes. I had a chat with Alvaro Bautista earlier on today for Motorcycle News and a big season preview supplement we have coming up, not next week, but the week after that, which of course will be the opening week of the season for the 2024 World Championship. So watch out for that. Alvaro telling me earlier on that he's feeling a lot more comfortable now. He's just started motocross again. Remember, Bautista was injured, neck injury, which uh, really hampered his Sepang MotoGP outing at the end of last season. The injury was in Jerez at the end of November. What else? Well, Go11 have revealed their yellow livery for Andrea Iannone, which looks spectacular. Tomorrow, Friday, we're expecting the Honda livery to be revealed. I do believe it's going to be very similar to what we saw last year, perhaps with a few added flashes of blue and a little bit less red for 2024. We have already seen today the bright green and white livery for Kawasaki Racing Team. That looks really good. Alex Lowe's and Axel Bassani. Now, I suspect it's a little bit lighter because, of course, they are the Kawasaki colours and also there's less monster sponsorship uh, this year at Kawasaki. So I suspect that might be one of the reasons for that one as well. Bradley Ray, he's starting the season with a different crew chief at Moto X Yamaha. It's the technician Vani Lorenzini who's stepping up for at least round one in Australia. Now he's going to be subbing for Pietro Cassara. He's required recent hospital surgery and treatment, so we wish him all the best. Over in Moto America, Loris Baz has gone back to Warhorse Ducati alongside Josh Herrin, the Frenchman who, of course, has been replaced at Bonovo BMW and World Superbikes this year by Scott Redding, was previously in Moto America in 2021. He finished fourth in the championship with nine podiums from 20 races. And Chaz Davis and Aruba.it Racing are venturing into Moto E with their other bike ridden by Armando Pontoni. That's another rider whose name we know 
from the World Superbike paddock. So after winning his last factory Ducati World Superbike race in 2020 and retiring from the series at the end of 2021, the Chasta is back. It's motorway this time, but of course he's 32 times a race winner and 99 times a podium finisher in the World Superbike Championship. Chas, you're back in action. Yes, Greg, that's right. We are going racing again, uh, much to my wife's dismay. But uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> decision's been made. We're, we're off to the races once again. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's It's been, I've had a bit of time out and I was careful when I left World Superbike. I was sort of careful to say that this is a retirement from World Superbike because, you know, I acknowledge that I think at that time I was whatever, 34. Um, and I knew that sort of my time in World Superbike was coming to an end and opportunities and, and what have you. Uh, I needed a little bit of a break and a reset, to be honest. Um, and but for that reason, I was careful to say this is I'm retiring from World Superbike. And Scott Redding actually he picked up on that in the in the press conference and said, um, "So you've said World Superbike, what's next?" And honestly, I didn't have plans at that time. I was like just happy to kind of step away. Um, but since obviously I've dabbled in endurance racing and I've you know picked picked up things as they've kind of come to me. Um, and now, now Moto E is sort of, yeah, as a test rider, it came to me, um, an opportunity which I really enjoyed. I loved riding the bike. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't want to hear that. There's a prejudice against um, against uh, electric bikes, and I, I get that and I understand it. But um, I'm sort of also would like to kind of educate that at the end of the day, it's uh, it's a bike. With, it's got two wheels and it's got a throttle on it and it's so much fun to ride yes it doesn't make a noise and yes there are things we're going to miss but faced maybe faced with a decision one day okay racing no longer exists because government governments say it can't exist for for environmental reasons uh i know which one i'll choose so why not let's get let's go racing and and as i said it's uh, it's a really fun bike to ride so i'm really looking forward to it um obviously i need to to get back into shape and, and sharpen up and I've had two years of essentially you know dabbling but not not taking things particularly seriously um but it's time to, to turn things up a, a little bit and uh, you know get back to to some of the intensity from the past and yeah look get back on the on the on the train a little bit i suppose um and yeah as i said looking forward to it and watch the space to see how it goes Thank you very much, Chaz. Father of two, happily married. It's just never enough, is it? He's back on his bikes and we wish him all the best for 2024. Chaz Davis there in Moto E with the Aruba Ducati squad. Of course, it's all Ducatis nowadays, isn't it, in Moto E? Look out on Instagram as well. Scott Redding's been posting some really good videos, some excellent onboard shots there on his BMW, and he's been sharing the Valencia circuit with a few other riders, including FHO BSB rider Peter Hickman. So have a look at that because Scotty has been in action, of course. He's under pressure, really, isn't he, this year, with Toprak joining the BMW family. Oh, and that can mean only one thing, can't it? It can mean only that it's our soap opera moment of the week. Now, we didn't have a show last week. It's been a bit of a disrupted schedule at the moment for the motorbike racing show, but we're back on track now, and uh, we're cheating a little bit because this is actually a soap opera moment from last week, but how could it be anything other than VR46 himself, Valentino Rossi on a Yamaha R1, cropping up at the Portimao test. We had pretty much the whole World Superbike field there, all the Ducati MotoGP riders, and then Mr. Rossi as well, with a bright yellow 46 on the front of his fairing, which ended up meaning that the 44-year-old nine-time world champion was on track with the best of them from World Superbikes and MotoGP. And we even saw those incredible photos 
of Toprak, Razgatlioglu and Valentina Rossi on track together. The mind boggles, doesn't it? There was also a funny moment when Adrian Huertas actually uh, overtook Mark Marquez. Mark was coasting around back to the pits and Huertas went past him and you could see him sort of looking across at Mark as he went past on his super sport Aruba Ducati. So definitely Valentino Rossi's surprise appearance at the Portimao test was our soap opera moment of the week. Right, I said before that I've been chatting with a few people for the MCN season preview. Well, let's get the latest then from my partner in crime in the Eurosport commentary box, Mr. James Tozen, the two-time world superbike champion. And I've had to put the very difficult question to people of who is going to be the top three in the world superbike championship this year as well as a standout performer. This is what James came up with in two minutes and 40 seconds. You'd like to put Top Rack winning the championship as a bit of a story or first championship for BMW and blah, 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 um, because there is a chance. But um, I need to see what the bike's going to perform like at like tracks like Phillip Island and Catalonia, which are arguably the two most difficult tracks for the rear tyre consumption. One at Phillip Island being anti-clockwise on the left, and one on uh, Catalonia being on the right. And they are really tricky. So uh, if the BMW goes well there and looks after, it tire, looks after its rear tyre at those tracks, then uh, it could be a real title contender, that's for sure. But without seeing them test on those tracks because your Jerez and your Portimaos that they're not overly difficult um and they are tracks that the BMW has done quite well at um in the past so it might be just uh, kind of complementing uh, the results at the minute but uh, fingers crossed they are going to be competitive but because of that Jonathan Ray um every track he goes to you know is going to have to see where the limit of that Yamaha is and you know, that that usually leads to a little bit of inconsistency and a couple of crashes here and there because uh, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's had so many years on a Kawasaki uh, and he knows exactly where the limitations are there. And the consistency of the top three over the last you know three or four years has just been incredible, hasn't it? But I think Jonathan Ray on the yam with that lack of... Uh, that lack of data and that lack of muscle memory, you might see a couple of mistakes from from him uh, if the BMW does struggle on the tracks it's always struggled at, uh, then obviously that leaves me to say that, you know, if Bautista can get back to full fitness, Bautista would still be winning the championship for me this season. Um, but it is a little bit tricky with all the unknowns. But uh, if I had to put my money on it, obviously Bollega is <laughs> he's uh, screaming like he could be really competitive as well. But again, um, there's a lot that he doesn't know this year on a superbike on these tracks. So you'd have to say the consistency of him again um, is going to be possibly a race winner in here and there, which would be amazing for, for him in his first season. And um, But to win a championship is a different thing. So, long story short, I think it will be um, Bautista, Jonathan Ray and Toprak. I think the, the Jonathan Ray um, could be switched as it was for the last couple of years. He could be second in the championship, not third, um, just because of previous year's performances and consistency of a BMW compared to a Yamaha. James, thanks very much for that. Well, I've gone, and this was so difficult, I've gone Bautista first, I'm going Toprak second, I'm going Nicolo Budiga third, and I'll say that Danilo Petrucci is the star performer 
but I must be mad. I've not put Jonathan Ray in the top three. I think I'm going to regret that. Let me know what you think, please, everybody, on social media, Greg Haynes TV, and also email talkingawaypodcast at gmail.com. A little bit of news then before we go from British Superbikes. It's now official, as we revealed on this podcast right back in January, that Rory Skinner is joining Taz Racing Team, a.k.a. Cheshire Mouldings BMW, with Philip Neal's team celebrating its 25th year. Skinner was a prettier super team champion in 2014, British Talent Cup champion in 2018, and British Supersport champion in 2020. After one full season with American Racing in Moto2, with a best finish of 12th in the Australian Grand Prix at Phillip Island last October, the Scot now returns to BSB, where he had seven podium finishes across 2021 and 2022 with FS3 Racing Kawasaki. Skinner's 2024 teammate is Davey Todd. Powerside Motorcycle are back. They'll race the new Suzuki GSX-8R in the new Pirelli National Sport Bike Championship with Taylor Morton. Now, you may know the name. Morton finished runner-up in the KTM RC Cup in 2016 behind the champion Aaron Wright. In the RNG British Talent Cup, title-winning outfit Team City Lifting RS Racing, that's the Ryan Saxelby outfit, have announced their lineup. It's Philip Zoroyak and Clayton Edmonds. They're both 15 years of age and both entering their third seasons. Sawariak broke his duck with victory last year at Donington Park, while Edmonds had a couple of 10th place finishes last season. And in the sidecar world, there is some news there as well, as Kevin Rousseau has become the new passenger to Ben Burchill. Of course, Tom Burchill has now retired sensationally from the world of sidecar racing. As Barry Nutley explains. The shock news from the sidecar paddock at the end of the 2023 season was the retirement of Tom Birchall, younger brother of Ben, of course, in the famous Birchall partnership. That left Ben with something of a quandary and looking for a passenger. He's picked up the very experienced Kevin Rousseau, who's had a couple of seasons with Tim Reeves, so no stranger to top speed, very experienced, uh, a newbie, relative newbie to the TT, having only done once, as I understand it. And uh, they will be defending Ben's record and hoping to increase his number of wins in the Isle of Man TT and, of course, World Championship. So it's a new pairing, Virgil and Russo for 2024. Looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Baz. That's going to be very interesting indeed. And don't forget, Passenger is the official name, but it's basically a co-driver. It is impossible to control a sidecar outfit without the Passenger. We've had some very nasty accidents with passengers coming off those outfits in the past. Right, a little bit more news then before we go. This is from America. Rossi Moore has joined Team Hammer in the Twins Cup over in Moto America. The 16-year-old will compete on a Suzuki GSX-8R. That's the same bike that Taylor Morton's going to be running in the Pirelli National Sport Bike Championship in BSB. We mentioned that before. For Rossi Moore, though, the 16-year-old is a multi-year contract, apparently, including opportunities to advance into Supersport and beyond. The Hungarian-American rider won the Northern Talent Cup in 2022 with five wins and ten podiums. And well done, Danny Webb, with four wins from four at the South African Classic TT on a 1996 750 Suzuki. He thanked Team Classic Suzuki and the organisers for the opportunity to visit an awesome country and for some great fun. 
Okay, we'll be back next Thursday. Remember the motorbike racing show every Thursday in 2024. Please like and subscribe on social media and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. We'll be back there next Thursday, the 15th of February. Thanks for listening. Oh, and by the way, it is Random Acts of Kindness Week next week. So go on, do somebody an unexpected favour. You've got a few days to think about it. See you later. the show by email it's talkingawaypodcast at gmail.com social media twitter or x as it now is and instagram greg haynes tv the next show next week on thursday the 15th of february